At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Navigating Divorce by Journey Beyond Divorce on Divorce Source Radio. I'm Steve Peck, and here's Karen McMahon. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. We are in our post-divorce series, which the exciting thing for me is we've talked to our listeners about so many difficult and heavy topics and now we're beginning to get into the new chapter of your life and it's so uh, normal and typical for people to have a lot of fear as they step into that new chapter and I kind of want to put out right in the beginning that you have the opportunity to embrace fun rather than fear and we had some fun in a previous call about redecorating today uh, we're going to be talking about how to dress and step out in style for women. And you've stepped off of the battlefield of divorce, and now it's your time. It's a time to refresh, to renew, to decide how you want to be and how you want to present yourself in the world. And in order to do that, it really helps to understand what looks best on your body type. And, um, and how to go through your closet to get rid of the items that either don't make you feel good or feel like you look good. And so we look at the new you and how to dress to feel confident, empowered, and sexy. And I'm so excited about today's guest, uh, which is Diane Pollock, and she is a fashion aficionado with over 20 years in the fashion industry, and she's the founder of a company called Style Empower. Diane educates women to create outfits that make them feel empowered and that enable them to radiate confidence. How great does that sound? And listen in um, as Diane walks us through um, her client process, which is what we're gonna do today. So welcome, Diane. Hello, thanks for having me. Really excited to have you here, Diane. I know you have so many great tips and strategies to share with our listeners. Before we get started on that, how did you uh, go from being in fashion to creating this really interesting company? Sure. Well, my background, I've just always been a creative person, so fashion was sort of my go-to. And uh, I spent most of my career designing, and I really wanted to take it to to help other women feel the same way that I do when I know that I look in the mirror and feel great. And I know most women 
only feel that way when they get dressed for a special occasion. You know, when they take, they, they spend a lot of time choosing the particular shoes and dress and outfit. And you should really feel that way on a regular basis. You know, what's interesting as you say that is all of the work that we do at Journey Beyond Divorce as people are going through the divorces, we, we invite them to raise their level of awareness and consciousness about whatever they're doing. And uh, of course, divorce is really difficult and complicated. And I'm hearing that you're going to give us the opportunity to raise our awareness around when we feel good and why we feel good and how to make that happen on a more regular basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I could start by a little story about how I became aware of how fashion empowered me, I was about 12 years old and got my first pair of designer jeans, which was trendy then. And I put together this outfit that I loved and I went to a sculpture garden with my parents and I was busy modeling and feeling really, really great. And however you want to feel it is your 12 year old self, cool and hip and whatever. And I realized from that day forward that, that, that clothing has the power to help you feel empowered. And so I try every day to uh, really put together outfits that um, make me feel great. And yes, it's easier for me because that's what I do and love. Uh, and so I try to give women tips and guidelines on how they can do it for themselves. Well, I'm one of those women who could really use tips and guidelines. So I'm personally very excited about today's show. And what, what I would love is for you to walk our listening audience through uh, your process with clients. And I just, you know, I want to just speak to the audience for a second. And when you've been married for 10, 20, 40 years, you know, there's something that might fall off for a lot of us. And you just start wearing your blue jeans and your sweatpants and you're not thinking so much about that. And now in this post-divorce world, you may be re-entering the workforce. You may be, um, wanting to date, you may just want to start socializing more. And so today's show is really uh, valuable in helping you to figure out how do you want to present to the world. So how do we start with this, Diane? Let, let's just hand it over to you to walk us through. Sure. So definitely, uh, this is a great opportunity uh, for these women to reinvent themselves in various ways. And, and fashion is absolutely one of them. So most of the time I work with my clients in person. However, uh, I can work with them virtually. And I find that the biggest thing is to really start with what you have in your closet. It's not about necessarily buying a whole new wardrobe. There definitely are hidden gems in there and you need to, to figure out uh, what they are and, and work off of those items. And so I usually appear in a woman's closet. And the first thing is, is to, to declutter. Let's, let's go through all of the stuff that is, that is stopping you from finding those, those hidden gems and the pieces that you love and feel great in. So first it's about editing out the stuff that you don't feel great in. You haven't worn, um, maybe it reminds you of your ex, et cetera. Let's just clear that clutter and get rid of that. Um, so, so go ahead. Sure. So, so the first thing, I mean, I, I have a fairly full closet and I think part of the reason um, that I don't get rid of things is 
I don't want to have an empty closet. And so your point is a really good one because can I really see the things I enjoy and love in there amidst all the stuff that I seem to always just push aside? And so is there one thing I'm hearing you say is if you haven't worn it in a while, is there a period of time that you typically suggest, like if you haven't touched this thing in three months, six months, one year, like what's your rule? Right. So, so I don't know if there's a definitive rule. I've heard a lot, you know, it said a year, et cetera. But I think it also depends on the size of your wardrobe. And occasionally that there are things that you truly love that you just really haven't had the opportunity to wear. So I think you'll have to make your own rules. Um, there is one little trick uh, that you can use. And, you know, some people are very seasonal. So um, you can take for that season for, let's say, every time you wear an item, you can turn the hanger around. And at the end of the season, you see which hangers are turned around and which aren't. And then you evaluate the items that aren't turned around and why did you not wear them? You know, okay, maybe I need to consider getting rid of this. So that's one little quick uh, tip or trick that you can try uh, to at least see what you have. Um, the other thing is, you know, I, I keep talking about creating great outfits that you feel empowered on in a regular basis. Um, feeling great on a regular basis. And so, you know, would you go to a, when you go to a restaurant, you want to order like your favorite item on the menu. You don't want to order an item that you feel is just mediocre, right? So you, you need to get rid of all that or a lot of the mediocre stuff so that you can fill yourself with a closet of clothing that you actually love and feel great in. Now, let's just talk about that for a second, because I, I again, I think I'm one of those people who doesn't have a super high level aware of awareness around um, the right colors or the right styles. Uh, and so can you talk a little bit to that? Like what, what are the questions that you would ask the listeners to help them become clear on, on what works for them? Yes, absolutely. So the easiest thing, and you don't have to have any knowledge of fashion uh, for the for the uh, average woman who's not that involved in fashion, is um, pick out your favorite piece in your closet or your handful of favorite pieces, and look at that item and say, what about that item really attracts you? Is it the color? Is it the print? Is it the shape? What is it? So if it's if it's a shape, if it's your jeans that make you look five pounds thinner or whatever, you know, look for other items that are similar. Now, you don't want a closet full of the same exact jeans, but maybe that brand comes in multiple washes, fabrics, prints, etc. Um, and the same would be for a, a shape of a dress. Uh, you don't want a, a million dresses in the same shape, but maybe they, you have it in different fabrics, prints, colors, etc. Or maybe it's a particular color. For instance, I love orange, I, but I, I can't have a wardrobe full of orange silk blouses, but I can have an orange blouse, an orange uh, dress, an orange sweater, various things and various shades maybe of orange. And to that point, it's not really only, although orange is one of my favorite colors, I realize that I look good in bright colors. So then from there, I can go into, well, what other bright colors and items uh, do I want to have? So identify what you love in your closet and then see what it is about that item and try to uh, 
get other items that are similar without being too redundant, but uh, that you still love and have a reason to be in your closet without uh, multiplication. Right, right. You know, I want to share. I, I know that you said that that you're that you're not a stylist in the color sense. Um, I had met with a stylist a number of years ago, and it was just another level of awareness that she she told me that I was, um, uh, I guess, fall colors, muted colors, and she also had me um, hold two different shirts, same color, different shades up. And one I thought was so wonderful, but when I looked in the mirror, I saw the shirt and not me. And then she had me hold the other one up, which was more in my line of colors and like my face, like had such a different presentation. So in the, the shirt that was so that I liked the color so much, I looked washed out. And so that was a, such a fascinating thing for me to see that I hadn't paid attention to that. Um, I don't know if, if that's something that you could speak to in terms of yes. our audience. Yes, absolutely. And I think um, sometimes it's going to be easier for people to, to really see the difference in colors and, and how they look and feel in them. Not everybody can identify or some colors are, are still okay. So sometimes it's not as big a contrast perhaps as what you have seen. But that's definitely a test that, that uh, people can try and see if they can figure it out. And uh, also to go back to my other point that sometimes the reason that they love that particular item in their closet is because of the color and they feel very vibrant in it. And sometimes it's also because they get multiple compliments on that item and, you know, they realize, hey, I feel vibrant on it and I'm getting the compliments. Hence, it must be uh, great uh, for me. Which actually um, reminds me of another story, which I'll be super abridged about. Um, but occasionally, I do think that compliments are really, really helpful um, in helping you see what works for you. But occasionally, I have gotten compliments. There was one particular story I had um, in this in this um, uh, jacket that I designed. Uh, that I took back from my mom. I had given it to her and it was a great color for me and it was a beautiful jacket, but it didn't feel like my personal style. And so I went out in it that night and got multiple compliments on it and knew that I looked good and still knew when I went home that I was getting rid of it because it didn't feel like me. So that's another important thing. And maybe I have a more distinct style than some of the uh, listeners, but sometimes you kind of know if something just doesn't feel like you and then it doesn't matter how many compliments you get on it. Well, I'm one of those people who if I go shopping by myself, I come back empty handed all over the time. So I have to bring someone. And what I realized was the someone that I bring is very important. And I had a girlfriend who uh, just dressed more sexy, more leopardy, more right, like that's right, like right. totally not my style. And uh and so it wasn't all that helpful to go shopping with her because what she thought looked great on me, like you just said, didn't didn't fit with who I am. So Absolutely. that's a really good point. Yeah. And 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 that actually leads me to another point because I like to have more fun with fashion and be a little bit bolder. But one of the strengths of, of me and what I do is that I absolutely understand other people's style and I would never dress them like me. So um, that's an important distinction and that's why she can do it for herself but doesn't really have the expertise to have the eye to help other women. Right, right. So let's let's go back to the closet again. So the first thing you're saying is we want to go through it, we want to uh, declutter it 
and then you can actually take what's there and help people see that there's there's more uh, opportunity than they might see. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. So you could have a great dress, but say the shoes that you have are uh, too casual or too beat up or too, they're not the right style, whatever it is. Once you pair that dress with the great shoes, it becomes fabulous. But before it was just mediocre. And maybe in addition to pairing it with the right shoes, it needs a necklace or a belt or something else to, to really. And, and so when you have that dress, which is okay, but you put it with the right shoes and the right accessory, et cetera, it can become this new fabulous thing. So a lot of women have these items and just don't know how to uh, put it together properly. So before we get into accessorizing, which I understand from our previous conversation as a whole world unto itself, uh, I'm curious in the closet, uh, if are there things in terms of having, you know, button down shirts, sweaters, like a whole variety? Is there something that you recommend in terms of people having uh, various categories and taking a look at what those are like, or is it just whatever their, their liking is? I love that you asked that question because when I read all these different fashion blogs and magazines and everything, and, and other things that aren't fashion, they always talk about the must-have, and it could be the must-see movie and the must-read and the must-whatever. So there's always lists of must-have for fashion. And I look at these lists, and a lot of the items may be trending right now, but they're not my particular style. And even though I'm in the fashion business, they're absolutely not must-haves for me. So I would never go into it. I would never go into a, a client's closet and tell them that they must have something. It would need to fit their personal style and their lifestyle. Um, you know, because if they were a corporate person, they they need something very different than a more casual person. And then, of course, you know, are they are they more classic? Are they more feminine? Are they so it really has to work with what what their look and needs are. If you looked at my closet, you would see I have a ton of shoes and a ton of scarves, but everything in between is lacking a little bit. <laughs> well, like I was talking about in the dress, sometimes it's the shoes and the scarf that can can make the outfit. If you have, um, you know, like a very plain, plain top and very plain uh, bottoms, it is uh, the shoes and the scarf that ca that can make the outfit. So let's talk a little bit again before we get to accessorizing. I, I kind of want to jump into body type. And again, I'm just going to, I'm sharing my own personal um, story because this is not an area I feel really confident or strong in. And so I'm hoping that that actually opens up some of our listeners to, to see what they can and can't do. I was noticing that... Uh, I put on a baggy pair of pants and then I put on a baggy top and I looked like just a sack. And I was like, okay, like even just starting to notice that if I'm wearing a certain cut on the bottom, then there's a different cut that's gonna um, make the outfit on top. Can you just talk about body type and, and how you make some of those decisions? Yes, so for the most part, the first thing that you mentioned is just a very basic rule of proportion. And listen, there might be some like model-like girl who's super trendy that could get away with breaking that rule. And there's like a lot of, and I, I don't even want to say rule, I want to say guidelines. Um, there's people that 
do get away and even a lot of fashionable people with lots of guidelines. But for the, the average woman who is not this uh, fashionista type with this model body, the rule of proportion is basically when you have a baggy top, you wear a skinny bottom and when you wear um, when you have a uh, volume on the bottom, you wear a more form fitting and it doesn't have to be like super sexy, but that you could see your body. Uh, you know, that you have some shape to your body. Uh, another way to do that, even if you have some kind of like, if you had a big like cocoon like sweater or cape or something, sometimes even just seeing that you have uh, thin wrists or your arms or you have a voluminous sweater, but then you can see, um, sorry, a skirt, you can see your ankles, just various parts of your body that you can see sort of the shape underneath and that you're not just hiding yourself under that tent. So it's, it's a rule of proportion. That, that's one part to your question. Excellent. Uh, then the other part uh, regarding body type uh, is a long conversation. But again, the very basic guidelines are. Um, so there's various body types. But for instance, uh, to take two and talk to them at once. Uh, some people have the pear shape where they're small on top and large on the bottom. And then some people have the uh, reverse triangle where they have broad shoulders and they're really narrow on the bottom. So those are like two reverse shapes. Mm -hmm. so, the, so basically the guideline for that is you, you wanna wear in the area where you're smaller, you can wear uh, bulky fabrics, you can wear ruffles, you can wear cargo pockets, you can wear um, all kinds of, of bulky and textured items to balance out your proportion. And on the opposite side, where maybe you're a little bit larger and you don't want to draw attention, you're going to wear just clean, uh, dark colors. Uh, again, the areas you want to draw attention, you can um, wear prints and brighter colors, but also bulkier things. So that's that's one thing for those two body types. Um, also, uh, I think I had mentioned to you one one great particular shape that is for many, many body types is uh, like an A-line type of skirt. So it's thin at the waist and, and trumpets out. And that really works for every single body type, except if you're an apple, which is where you're really round and have uh, a full stomach. Um, that's probably one of the harder body types to dress. And there you wanna draw attention to other areas of your body, maybe a great necklace or scarf uh, and away from your stomach. Um, and then if you're fortunate to have an hourglass shape, you can you can wear a lot more things, uh, still have a, um, you can draw attention to your waist because you have a nice waist. And I have a quick guideline uh, for if people don't know how to uh, figure out their body type. It's really uh, your shoulder versus your waist versus your hip proportions. And uh, so if they're all, uh, if it goes in and out like an hourglass, you're an hourglass. But if you uh, are bigger on the top, I talked about the uh, the, tri the inverted triangle and bigger on the bottom is the pair. And then sometimes people are sort of a uh, rectangle and they have no waist. So there are various ways to create uh, an illusion of a waist. And we'll be back with more Journey Beyond Divorce after this. We're there right when you need us the most, and we make sure you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you between calls to be more effective. I was very fortunate to find Journey Beyond Divorce. I would go searching for any piece of information 
that could either A, give me more knowledge about the divorce process itself, or B, could talk me down emotionally. And I found that Journey Beyond Divorce was really instrumental in providing both things. One, the guidance of the divorce process itself, as well as talking about self-maintenance and what does the individual need to do to kind of cope with it. Let us help you gain a broader perspective and determine your best next steps with our free Rapid Relief Lifeline call. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. Well, there's a lot right there. It's funny when you said the A-line, I have this one dress and every time I wear it and it's an A-line, I just get so many. And and I have one girlfriend, every time she sees me and she's like, you need to get more dresses that look like that. That looks great on you. (laughs) That was my, uh, I think at least two of my points earlier, right? So you can get A-line dresses, but you want to get them in different fabrics and different prints and different colors. And you can get A-line skirts because uh, especially for the ladies who are heavy on the bottom, that covers up a lot in the uh, thigh and, and saddlebag area. Yep. Um, it shows off the waist for an hourglass and it, it creates an hourglass for the women that are brought on top. Beautiful. That's great. Well, that's really helpful. Uh, is there anything else on body type that uh, we didn't touch on before we go to accessories, which is, of course, one of the fun topics for us girls? Sure. So um, if uh, I want to talk about large expanses of fabric. So if you have large expanses of fabric, you're going to look large. So anything that has that breaks up the large expanses of fabric, whether it's a scoop neck or a v-neck so you see um part skin and part fabric um so if you have a large chest or you're just large on top you want to break it up with with skin and fabric um conversely if you have a small chest you might look better in a turtleneck or a high neck um and that's also where you can add ruffles and everything to add volume and, and sort of puff up your chest a little bit um other ways to break up large expanses of fabric are um color blocking like racing stripes on the side that sort of thing or even if you have a high neckline you can break it up with a scarf or a big necklace or something like that um so uh large expanses of fabric will make you look large so break it up uh with seams with colors with uh uh belts accessories anything like that and you know i want to on on that note i just a, a couple of years ago i dropped a nice chunk of weight and the way i dressed when i felt heavy was it, it, i look like i had a potato sack on all the time and i just i just didn't feel good about myself and so i just wore a lot of baggy stuff and when i started being a little bit more conscious about it i was surprised that when i put on something that was a little bit snugger I actually looked better because I didn't look as heavy. So it's like the very thing I wanted to hide, I kind of was like making myself look more like that. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And that's actually a, a, a golden styling rule that, uh, or guideline uh, that, that a stylist would tell you that there are many women that hide themselves under tents and actually the extra volume of fabric makes them look even larger. And and I, I I would dress a little bit, you know, a little bit snugger and think that I would feel uncomfortable, but then I'd get in front of the mirror and go, wow, 
I, I actually liked the way I look like I, I look better. And so that was that was a big aha for me. Right. And again, that goes back to uh, the rule of proportion. And also, um, you know, because even if, if you you hate your your saddlebags and your thighs and your lower half, you can still show off snugger things on top or, or vice versa, whatever the situation is. There's probably some area. Oh, actually, there's one great area and it happens to be stylish right now and also works well for dates and feeling sexy. All the cold shoulders and open shoulders uh, tops mm. uh, are, are trending right now. And no matter what your body type is, a woman always has sexy shoulders. So if even if you are not happy with your body at all right now, showing a little skin on your shoulders can really uh, look great. That's a great tip. Thank you. What about, let's talk about accessorizing a little bit. Okay. So um, there, there's many ways to go with this. And I also touched on something um, before when you were talking about your scarves and your, your uh, shoes. <laughs> so there's something called the three-piece rule. And that's if you have very basic clothing. So say your top and your pants are very basic, then you want a third piece to bring it all together to look stylized. And sometimes a fourth piece. So the third piece could be another piece of clothing. It could be a vest, a blazer, a cardigan, something like that. Or it could be an accessory, a scarf, a, a belt, a, um, a necklace, et cetera. And, and occasionally, depending on how basic, because maybe even if you're wearing, uh, you know, put that basic, uh, another basic cardigan over that, it still needs a little more oomph. So when something is very plain, think about the three, at least three pieces um, to make it look a little bit more put together and stylized. And on the converse, uh, also, sometimes people tend to over accessorize. So if anybody is into statement jewelry, large pieces of jewelry, remember that it is a statement and it is drawing attention to that area and you don't want to over accessorize. So if you're wearing a statement necklace, you also don't want to be wearing large statement earrings. And then sometimes women have um, fancy glasses and there's just a lot going on there and you don't know where your eye is drawn to. And I, it, it sounds like, which I never realized, that um, there's a lot of women who feel naked without earrings. And so if you have that statement necklace, you can still wear a tiny little stud or hoop or something that's not going to compete with the necklace. But let that stand out and be the statement. Um, and another pet peeve of mine, which I've seen um, broken, this my personal guideline, which I see broken all the time, but bothers me, um, is if you're wearing a, a, a decent uh, belt with a buckle and it's, you know, somewhat of a statement. It doesn't have to be a huge, huge statement, but, uh, you know, a, a big size buckle. I also don't like when women wear a long necklace and that buckled belt, and then your eye is drawn in two different directions. Um, they're so, both sort of converging on your stomach, and I find that very busy. So uh, keep it focused in one area. Um, you can stack like items. So you can stack multiple bracelets, stack multiple rings, even necklaces. But there are various guidelines. Not, you know, there's so many things. Not everything works together. So what I hear you saying is less is more and decide where you want the focus to be and don't don't overdo it in other places. Uh, yes and no. Actually, no and yes. 
Um, I don't I don't necessarily believe less is more. It depends on the individual. So a, a statement necklace is not less. It's it's a statement, right? Um, you just can't over accessorize in that case. And I do love multiple stacked items, bracelets, necklaces, etc. Uh, it's just that they need to be uh, done in certain ways. They either need to have like the same mood or theme or materials or uh, for necklaces, uh, they need to be various lengths. Um, so th there's there's certain guidelines with that. And that you don't want someone to be fighting where they're looking at that. that Correct. You don't want right. to be highlighting one area and another area where the eyes going all over is, I guess, the thing that I heard you say. Yes. And, and there are plenty of women that don't wear statement items. And so if you wear dainty little jewelry, it's really not a problem. You can wear your dainty necklace and your dainty earrings and it's all fine. Do you have anything to say about shoes when you wear boots, when you wear heels, when you wear flats? Is there any, 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 because I'm such a shoe person, I thought I'd throw this question in. Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure what part of the question to go with. My first thought is that boots have become an all year round thing and they've also, um, I mean, I prefer my open toe shoes in the summer, but people are wearing them in the summer with, you know, skirts and stuff. Um, I also think that um, it's evolved and become more trendy and acceptable. So uh, business women who are wearing um, cute dresses uh, are, are wearing them more with short little booties where it used to be more traditional to wear them with a pump or, or that sort of a dressier shoe, they're now able to wear them with various little booties sometimes. Gotcha. I'd love to shift a little bit now. Um, so we've talked about the closet, we've talked about body type and accessorizing. Let's hone in on our audience of people. Uh, the women listening in may uh, just be getting out to the world and being more social. They may be dating for the first time in maybe not years, maybe decades, or they may even be going back into the workforce. And so can you speak to at least the dating in the workforce and maybe with some do's and don'ts? And I think you actually have a free giveaway. If you want to mention that at this point, that would be a good, good thing too. Sure, sure. So I do on my website have date dressing do's and don'ts. And you can actually uh, download a free ebook on that. Uh, what is your website? Why don't you just tell us right now? Sure. Someone's... I'm going to say it and then I'm going to spell it because it can be confusing. It's style empower. And it is the word style and the word empower all smushed together with one shared E. So it's S-T-Y-L-E-M-P-O-W-E-R, styleandpower.com. And you will see, uh, I actually have two eBooks there. Uh, one is the Dating, Dressing, Do's and Don'ts, and you're also welcome to download my How to Stop Closet Overwhelm and actually have something to wear. I think I'll download that one. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, so let's talk a little bit about the the dating do's and don'ts in terms of dressing. What what can you um, what guidance can you give us on that front? Okay, so lots of things, and some of it you may read a little bit about in the book. Um, but I think the first thing that I uh, that I 
uh, alluded to at the beginning of the conversation is that you do want to feel great on a regular basis. So, of course, if you have a date, you want to wear this great little date outfit and, and feel wonderful. But what about being out and about on an everyday basis? You never know at your local Starbucks or supermarket or something that you could meet somebody that could be potential date worthy and you don't want to go out feeling or looking like a slob and then run into uh, this person and say, oh, no, I, I wish I looked better. I, you know, uh, so you do want to be conscious on a regular basis about, uh, you know, keeping your appearance so that you can always feel confident should you run into somebody potentially. So that's that's one um, uh, important uh, thing. Um, Another point I would say is that I always tell people that, um, you know, they may have what they call like killer heels and the killer heels may actually be killer, meaning that they're really hurting their feet. So if you're preoccupied on your date with even though the, the heels look good when you're sitting and you don't move, uh, if you have to get up and walk around and, and do whatever and you're preoccupied with your feet hurting and having to sit down, you're not going to be a, a good date. And the same thing goes with a too tight skirt that is riding up and you're having to pull it down every two minutes that you walk or some top that isn't being held up and you have to, you know, like a tube top or something that you have to keep pulling up because it keeps slipping. So... Of course, you don't want to be comfortable like in your sweats, but you do need items of clothing that have a comfort level that you can feel great in them and then put them on and not have to worry because you know you feel great and they're not, there's no wardrobe malfunctions going on. Excellent. Excellent. Are there anything else in terms of um, uh, dressing for a first date, dressing for a dinner date? Like, is there any anything else that uh, for people who are really going, God, I haven't done this in so long, I just don't know. What what do you uh, what sure. do you advise? So I think that the really good news is people always, um, not always, but there lots of people freak out over various situations, whether it's a date or, uh, you know, a, a school reunion or, and there are certain situations where you're not quite sure what's appropriate to wear. And the good news for everybody is that there is always a range of appropriate. And that could be also going back into the workforce if you haven't been there in a long time. There's some kind of corporate culture and there's always a range of appropriate. Now, there are things that are often, you know, in, uh, outside the range on either end, too dressy, too casual, too sexy, too, you know, comfortable. But as long as you're in that range of appropriate, you should be fine. So I think one of the first things um, when you're getting ready to go on a date is where are you going on that date? Uh, you know, is it a coffee date? Is it a, a, a nice restaurant or is it a really nice restaurant? Or is it what else is it? Is it miniature golf? Is it the movies? So what is the range of appropriate for that particular thing? And you'll find that there is a really large range. So then you need to choose items um, that you that you like. Go to your closet. What do you like and enjoy within that range of appropriate? And for some women, that might be skirts and dresses. And for some women, it might be pants. Um, so what do you feel good in uh, within that range? Okay, that's great. That's a great tip. Um, and it's nice to know that it's there's not a right and a wrong, that there's this actually fairly wide open. And I think what you said about the business world, you know, 
10, 15 years ago, I was always in a suit. And now it's like so many places are business casual. And so it really has changed over the course of time. For sure. And that's one thing I have gone through women's closets who have been out of the workforce because of children. And you can tell they have these dated suits. I mean, you can put a year on them. And so you, you're going to look and feel like a relic if you're wearing those items. Um, so, yes, that is definitely something to take note of. What are other people wearing these days in that particular environment in that company? Right. And so it could be that just a nice pair of shoes and slacks and a nice blouse and you're good to go that you don't have to be all dressed up or have a suit on or anything like that. Right. And one of the things that I say when I talk to to women about dressing for business um, is that you should always look polished. Right. So you can even um, you can look polished in a pair of jeans. And I, I wear jeans all the time. But we're not talking about, you know, uh, jeans with holes and, you know, wearing a, a ratty sweatshirt. We're talking about my jeans. I'm always wearing heels. I'm wearing, uh, you know, great jewelry. Um, you know, your hair is is nice in, in all the different ways that you can be polished. You don't want to look like a mess, but you can look very put together, polished and, and clean professional and still not be super dressy. My mom used to say to me, as long as you put on some lipstick, you're you're always looking just a little bit fresher and <laughs> right. That is definitely one tip for sure. Yeah. So uh, we we covered a lot here. Uh, we talked about reentering the workforce a little bit. We talked about dating. Is there anything? As we begin to wrap up, is there anything we haven't touched on, any um, pearls of wisdom advice that you want to share with our listeners? Uh, let's see. I mean, I'm sure that there are lots more in uh, my dating book that I'm, I'm not really thinking about now, but hopefully uh, these women are going to go download it and have it uh, for themselves. Uh, but I guess I, also just Touching back on the being authentic to yourself and your personal style, like when I talked about, uh, you know, wearing something that makes you feel good and makes you feel uh, so, you know, like you were saying when you went dressing with your friends, um, you know, if this person wanted you to wear something that was too sexy or too out there, you need to to feel good in the the sexiness that you're wearing and in the personal style that you're wearing. Um, and again, what is sexy on a date is also has a range of appropriate. I mean, you don't want your date to be staring at your boobs the whole time because that that's really not going to be, uh, you know, that's not where the focus should be. Um, but some women will wear a little bit shorter or, or their shoulders showing or whatever it is and be, uh, you know, a little more form fitting than others. So you have to know what your comfort level is with that. And, and your date is going to pick up on that because if you feel sexy, even if you're more covered up than somebody else, your your date is going to see that that radiance and sexiness about you. Yeah, and I, I kind of want to wrap up that whole part. One of the most important things for, for you women listening in is to be authentic. There's only one you and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's however you feel comfortable being in the world. If you go out dating and you 
dress differently because you think you should, you're going to meet somebody who isn't going to resonate with you. You want to be you so that you find somebody who likes you, not the person you're trying to be or look like. And so I think that the my my not knowing a whole lot about style, you know, my um, guideline for, for the clients that I work with is be authentic. If you're unsure, just be authentic. hundred percent. In addition to the, the story of um, that I had told about the, the jacket that I designed, I also have always been someone who's been known for having, I've always had my curly hair, even when it's been trendy to have the Japanese straightening, et cetera, et cetera. And I have another story that, you know, when I got my hair blown straight, I got all these compliments or maybe people just took note because they're used to seeing me with curly hair forever. And I looked in the mirror and I don't feel beautiful with a blowout. I think it looks great on many women, but it doesn't suit me, my personality, and I just don't like it. So it doesn't feel like me. And I I can't even, I don't think I'll ever be getting a blowout again. Well, Diane, I am a kindred curly hair girl, and I am so on that page with you. I love my (laughs) curls, and when I was asked to blow it out once, everyone was like, that looks so great, and I thought, yeah, not so much. Um, Yeah, so so Diane, I want to ask you, just so that all the people who are listening and are curious, what is the geographic area that you serve? So I live and work out of New York City. Uh, so I, a lot of my, my uh, clients are in the New York area, the suburbs of New York, etc. cetera. Uh, but if somebody is listening outside those boundaries, we can, um, I have uh, virtual sessions. We can do something of a Skype. I also have virtual shopping sessions where I send uh, links of recommended pieces and, and people send back photos with with questions. I actually even have a small program where where somebody sends me, for instance, I have someone who sent me a picture of a dress for a formal event and she wanted to know what accessories would look best with it. So I have even small little programs where people can send in a picture and get comments. Excellent. So you have uh, two eBooks. One is dating, dressing, do's and don'ts. And the other one is how to stop closet overwhelm and actually have something to wear. Right. That's the one I have to get. Um, And you can find Diane at styleempower.com. That's S-T-Y-L-E-M-P-O-W-E-R.com. And, uh, and Diane, can you give us your phone number too, in case someone wants to reach out to you in your email? Sure. Absolutely. So my phone number is 646-831-2584. And my email is Diane, D-I-A-N-E, at styleempower.com. And actually, if you email me, um, I can send you a link to my calendar and uh, we can choose a mutually good time to have, I will also offer a half hour complimentary phone consultation. So probably if you want to speak to me, best to email me and we'll set up a time when we're both uh, available and and have the time to chat. Well, that sounds terrific. So, you know, thank you so much. Today's show was really helpful. If you're listening in, I really hope that you uh, 
were inspired to start looking at your present situation and going forward with some fun, with some excitements, with some possibility, because you've gone through the process of divorce, you've gone through the struggles, being on the battlefield with the legal process, and here you are on the precipice of the next chapter of your life. And we're going to continue to have these post-divorce shows that inspire and encourage you to embrace with excitement what's ahead instead of with fear. And it'll make a huge difference. So, Diane, thank you so much for being part of that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I love to help women feel, you know, as as empowered as they can be. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I love the name of your company, too. So thanks so much. And we'll be back uh, with actually we have a style stylist for men coming up. There you go. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time. Let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time. Book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking, being, and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce. Our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call.